Thank you for subscribing to KCWG The Truth Extra, our premium content channel. We have copies of our shows, plus exclusive content from our hosts and their guests. Also, as a subscriber, you'll be invited to participate in giveaways and events. Thank you for supporting and listening to KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio on the planet. Sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. What's up, family? You're listening to Real Love, Real Talk Uncut on KTWGTheTruth.com. I'm your host, T. Russ, and my boy, co-host DJ Rome's not here right now. We got a good, good topic. We got a good show for you today. Uh, today's topic is today's black man, his consciousness, his family. And we're doing this in recognition of uh, Black History Month. But we're really doing it just to get the information out and just kind of break it down. This is a little monologue for me. I like to uh, kind of break some things down before we uh, get to my co-host. And we're going to have about four guests on today. That's going to talk about uh, where we are today as the black man, his consciousness, his family. Um, 
as I uh, kind of reminisce going back, I always reiterate that uh, I was raised um, with all women. And they really tried their best to raise me as a man, but you have to have a man to raise a man. But you know what? I give all kudos to all the black women that have raised their sons to be NBA stars, uh, attorneys, doctors, even those that become janitors, the best janitors they could. I've known many men in all walks of life where they give salute to the mothers. Didn't have fathers in the home, but they were great men. Being a great black man doesn't mean that you have all the money in the world. It doesn't mean that you have the materialistic um, fortitude when people look at you and they go, wow, he has it all. He's an accomplished American dream. Doesn't mean that. Not for You're me. listening to exciting for me, premium content that, uh, on KCWGTheTruth.com. Being able to hold your family together. I really have a revelation since I am a divorcee where I did that best. I did 22, 23 years of really uh, trying to hold the family together. I believe I did. And uh, all my most of my kids are grown. Uh, well, they're adults. And I have a six-year-old, seven-year-old. And I'm very blessed. When I look back, um, growing up in Los Angeles, up till the time I was in the fifth grade, I remember uh, black thought, black consciousness. I remember uh, being uh, going to school in Watts, and uh, I really didn't see a lot of uh, black males in the educational school system. I didn't see uh, a lot of things. I saw a lot of gangs. Um, I was trying to get, they were trying to introduce me into the gang life, even in the third grade. And then we migrated to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where that was astonishing. I did see a lot of black role models. I really did. I remember one role model, uh, Coach Bates, was really a really instrument uh, type of male figure, football coach that really just boosted up my self-esteem. And I remember, wow, this is an awesome man. And I remember Mr. Curl. He was one of the principals at the middle school in which I attended. We had a black superintendent. Uh, I remember his name, uh, Superintendent Thompson. I don't, I don't forget certain names. I remember certain teachers. I, I grew up in a society in North Tulsa where all we saw was black faces. And I understood at that time, um, back in the early 80s, late 70s, that we were a people of great magnitude. Uh, now, you know, who I am and what I am, realizing that Tulsa, Oklahoma, Black Wall Street was one of the most significant, if not the significant places in the world that was establishing the black man, his consciousness, his family. With that being said, I began to kind of look at the, the roles as changing. I begin to understand now as a psychologist, as a man, as an educator, as a civil rights leader myself in Los Angeles, that a lot of things were placed in our communities, such as drugs, prostitution, a lack of education. And therefore, when you look at the 80s, you look at the 80s as a mid-80 point, 1983, 84, 85 to the 90s, where you see an influx of a lot of tribulation that plagued the streets of L.A., Harlem, Chicago, and you begin to go, wow, what happened? I remember growing up, getting out of the Army and kind of looking around and saying, wow, where are we at as black men? I, I saw some things disappear, dissipate. I saw strong young men turn into 
savages in the penitentiary system, but they didn't go in as savages. Certain incarceration makes you do certain things. I don't believe prison is a rehabilitation. I believe you get some things from it, but I don't see how you can put a man in a, a box and say he's rehabilitated. That doesn't make sense to me. I began to watch the prison rate go up dramatically up to 67%, 70%. I saw the marriage rate go up to 50, 60%, especially in minorities. I saw the special education rate also spiral to the point where it became the new juvenile center of America, in which the undertone is we will take all these black males and we will put them in classes and we will make them what we want to make them. To me, it's like a, a brainwashing system if it's not guarded by those that have heart, that have truth, that have parity, which is being fair. We begin to see violence in our communities, the Crips and the Bloods, the disciples, all the drug and gang-related affiliations all across the nation because we as black men wanted to become somebody. We wanted to feel like somebody. I think in the crosswords, we forgot about getting on our knees. We forgot how and what our mothers taught us in the middle schools and the high schools. And we would, the mothers that I grew up with would always say, keep God first and put him first in all things. I know my mother did. And we begin to see the black woman take the place of the black man as the leader of the black communities. We see the high educational rate and secondary education and higher learning be overtaken by black women. And so now when we look at the hierarchy, the black male is all the way down. However, with that being said, I do believe in prayer. I do believe that there is an age where black men and everything happens for a reason. We'll come together and we'll realize that uh, there's some things going on spiritually and culturally that has to come to a boom. And this is what this means. When the housing market went up, went up, especially in California, people would always say it has to come down. What up, what's up has to come down. We are at a level of black men where we can't go any further down. And so only thing that we can do now is go up. And with that being said, we have to take our place. We have to take our place very strategically. We have to take our place educationally without hate. We have to take it without fear. And we have to take it with God. And with that being said, we have a great show today that we will talk about where is today's black man. As I, uh, as I want to embark on what I'm talking about and just kind of vibe with you a little bit, I'm just kind of chilling. And uh, I want to throw some things at you because um, one of the things that, that I'm looking at is where's the masculinity in our black men? I look at when I grew up and even now, I wear baggy jeans and I may throw a t-shirt on with some Tim's. I look at the younger generation and they got skinny jeans on and house shoes and sometimes they wear pajamas to school. And I wonder and I look at them and I, I just I'm, I have this puzzled look on my face and I look at the females, the black females that are more masculine than the guys. And I go and I'm not you got to understand, I'm not talking about heterosexual, homosexual. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about masculinity and I'm talking about taking your stand as a man. But in order to be a man, you got to be taught by a man. You have to see and emulate men that are around you that are strong, that know who they are, that understand the consciousness of God, understand the word of God. And even though you may not be a scholar of the word, 
you have to have some type of understanding that there is a supreme God out there that gives us strength, that gives us faith, and that allows us to have a mustard seed of whatever we have. And in other words, the Bible says this. He said, God gave to every man a measure of faith according to his purpose. And we, as black men today, we have to ask ourselves, where are we at? Are we becoming extinct? And where about our family? What are they going to do? How, how do we teach them? How do we teach them how to pull their pants up? How do we teach them to stand up strong when discrimination and different things and jobs uh, and trials come before them and they don't really know what to do? How do we teach them how to be fearless but meek at the same time? This is our show. I will have some guest stars. I, I call them guest stars because these are uh, brothers that shine and that have gone through. I have one guest that lost his son, and he understands about death, about a son and, and raising of a family. Uh, he also understands about divorce. He also stand, understands about being a professional athlete. Um, I have many guests on today that's going to talk about some things. I remember one young man that I'm going to have on, we played ball together, and I taught that young man in middle school. And as I got older, he called me not too long ago, and said, man, I applaud you because you were 40-some years old playing ball. Now I'm 35 and I'm trying to breathe. And we didn't understand at that time what you were going through to try to keep your body up at age 40, 42, and you playing four court and you reigning threes. So I appreciate that young man. I'm going to have him on uh, later on. And we're going to just chop it up and we're going to talk about the thought and the consciousness of the black man and where all of this is going. So I tell you what, we're going to come back, um, and we're going to talk about some things. We're going to chop it up. Uh, if you want to call in, um, you can call in at 951-520-103C, uh, 1037, I'm sorry. Or you can just chime in and uh, listen uh, on, your, on your iPhone or whatever you got at 716-748-0319. We're going to take a little break. We come back. I have my boy DJ Rome. We're going to chop it up a little bit. And we're going to get a little crazy on this uh, on this radio. And we're going to learn some things before the night's out. You listen to KCWGTheTruth.com. Real love, real talk uncut, baby. We coming back. Family one. You're listening to exciting premium content on kcwgthetruth.com. Nothing's wrong with my sight, you just never shine. And though I don't deserve it, Lord, tell me, can you bless me? 
and pray my faith don't fail when the devil comes to test me. Won't let us trust me, but the bills late and rent's due. The same thing last month a nigga went through. Don't want the game, bang a sling, came to maintain. Had me on the floor, we pinned for the same thing. Every other day, it seems impossible to break free. And will you come back for your people, Lord, take me and make me the child of God. And all you have to say is everything is new and old things have passed away. Don't question God, but you have not cause you ask not. I lost homies on the streets, that's in peace cause they blast not. When you gon' punish all oppressor, but it's up to you. Why do the good die young? But who am I trying to question? Question, 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 questions, questions. Go to church, stop drinking earth and jerk, get a job and go to work. When I proceed to sell dope, that's just the thing I was into. They never knew about the raging shootouts I hit through. Living that G life for Sergeant with G strikes, trying to stack mail and avoid jail G strikes. Neighborhood Rockefeller, I walk you ready, teller, forced to live in the underworld so I can make my life better. No capital sweaters, catchy brakes and some chucks. Come around my hood, I'm the first to hit you. Tell me, what would a G do? No, you really don't know unless you walked in my shoes. The county blue got me ill toe, toe, toe. I know banging was wrong, but it was real dope, though. When I'm laying in my bed, staring at the ceiling. I wonder why LA got all the killing. I wonder why you changed my mind and start rebelling. Now I'm feeling so strong, I can't fight the feeling. Once again, I asked myself, what would a G do? And the answer was clear. I don't have to question you. Guys, you can hear me. Let's have a little discussion. Oh, they told me as a child, never bothered you with my questions. I just we back. Love that song. Mm, boom. Boom. All right. All right. DJ Rome, you here with me. Thanks, old man. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm just chilling with the music, man. <laughs> hey, that was right there, man. I was feeling that. I was feeling that. Can you indulge me for a second? Since yeah, what's up? Yeah, what's up? <laughs> Good job with your monologue this evening. I think it's a rather timely and important topic. Love it. Can't wait to get started. Um, I want to give some acknowledgments really quick, and I'm going to turn it over to the evening's festivities. We just had some losses. Okay. Some of them, um, well, none of them are within my immediate circle, but they are influence of, influences of mine. So, first of all, we lost Alan Combs today uh, from Hannity and Combs. Okay. Remember um, that co-host that Sean Hannity had on Fox News? I believe so. Yes, sir. Okay, we, we just lost him today, and I used to watch Hannity and Combs every day, and I would only watch because of Alan Combs, because he was able to give a perspective that was a little bit more resonant with my political ideology. When he left the show, of course, I stopped watching the show, and I want to give a shout to Mr. Hannity. I don't uh, agree with his political views, but I know he's in pain tonight. Uh, we lost Alan Combs a few hours ago, so okay. rest in peace to him. Yes, sir. Uh, we lost... Um, this brother, um, big influence on me musically. You know, my name is DJ Rome. Yes. So um, I dig through those crates, man. We lost Walter Junie Morrison. Hmm. Junie was an original member of the Ohio Players when they were on Westbound Records. He left right before they went to Mercury and released all those big hits that most of the public knows, Love Roller Coaster, Fire, and all Loved that. Loved it. Loved uh, it. Junie was 
for Funky Worm. Okay. He is the originator of the G-Funk sound that was later sampled by Dr. Dre. Uh, remember we were talking earlier about sort of that chemistry that yes, really yes, builds a brotherhood together, and you talked about acceptance earlier in your monologue and how brothers are trying to find their place, and it, it, it's they're looking for a place to fit in, but it's something in the way in which people come together, like my brother's keeper, you know? I am my it's brother's something keeper, in that, right. that, that bonding that creates the magic. So Junie was part of that magic that made the Ohio players happen along with Parliament. Later on, we lost him a month ago. And mm. you could throw Bernie Worrell into that mix as well because he was right there with George Clinton, Bootsy Collins, and Junie Morrison during a stretch of the uh, Parliament Funkadelic movement. So big up to Junie. And um, last, this one, this one's hot right here. We lost Clyde Stubblefield, man. Okay. Clyde Stubblefield, the original funky drummer for mm. James Brown. Mm-hmm. Now, this brother, as we know, is the most sampled drummer of all time. That breakbeat that he recorded on that song in 1969, a song he didn't even like, was so iconic, so resonant, that it sort of cut a lasered path through several generations of music lovers. All right. Redefined hip-hop. And that beat was used over and over and over and over again. Clyde Stubblefield, the original funky drummer. And I bring him up because he wasn't the only drummer that James Brown had. John Starks is still alive, Jabo Starks. Okay. And so John and Clyde would often play together in James Brown's band. So whatever Clyde couldn't give to James, he would point to Jabo and vice versa. Whatever Jabo couldn't give him in that moment, he'd be pointing to Clyde Stubblefield. And he'd say, hit it. Wow. So these brothers were vibing off of each other, and it was those types of bonds that really made things become so resonant and so iconic for the fans. And so I wanted to put that out there. These are some laws that I'm feeling tonight. And as we go forward talking about black men, I thought it was an appropriate and fitting tribute. That's why they call you DJ Rome, man. You the master, the expert, and uh, you need to do that every time we come on the air and just break some knowledge down to the audience about music. Well, I appreciate that, man. I mean, I, I definitely wasn't planning on doing that, but uh, when I saw, <laughs> yeah. saw Alan Combs, you know, I used to watch that dude, man. Right. Every night. Right. I mean, it's hard to believe now. It's like I, I don't watch Fox News now, but I would watch it because of Alan Combs. Right. And uh, he, he's gone. And, of course, Clyde is just all up in my record collection where my vinyl stuff is. is down there, Southern California. I mean, that's huge, man. But, um... How you doing, man? I'm doing cool, man. And, you know, since we're throwing shout-outs, man, I, I, I lost a great figure, which was uh, my mother-in-law. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, yesterday, uh, Louise Williams out of Hannibal, Missouri. She was, let me put it like this, she was so strong that she made her husband be an icon in that region. And a lot of people don't talk about whenever there's a great man, there's a great woman behind him. And so I just wanted to give shouts out to all in Hannibal with that great loss. She was a great, wonderful woman. She was a mentor. Uh, she meant a lot to me, a lot of meant to uh, to the family. And uh, just love her to death, man. With that being said, I'm good. Um, that was a, a great shout out uh, that you had. And uh, you know, you know how we get it, man. We we on the grind every day, trying to help kids and we try to help people, not just kids, but we have an understanding that we help young adults also. And so part of right. our job is advocacy. We advocate. And so yes, I think do. when my career is about over, I probably will advocate for the nations, for the people that can't speak for themselves. And I was reminded that today, if I did that, it would be like, wow. And I may do that. I may do that. 
How about you? Oh, I feel you. I feel you. I'm part of your because I had a lot of static on the line. Are, are you guys hearing me okay? Yeah, we hear you good now. Yeah, we hear good now. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's um, a good call to do that. And I want to send my condolences to you and your dearly departed family. Family's everything, man. Yes, sir. You know, another matriarch has gone by the way. You just got yourself another wonderful angel, brother. Yes, sir. So uh, I'll keep that in prayer for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So how's work, man? Oh, it was that grind. And actually, I uh, had a little breakthrough. I, and I'm going to make this one real short because I know we got a slam, jam, packed up show tonight. Okay. But you know how we type these reports. Do you? How often do you use voice to text? I don't do that a lot, man. Um, you're talking about just as I write my reports? Man, yeah, as you write your report. Have you ever tried it with writing a report? No, but I've tried dragging, and it irritated me because I type, okay, like <laughs> I'll let somebody know a secret about me. If I were to write okay. you a letter on yeah. a piece of paper, you would think yeah. I had dyslexia. You, uh -huh. can't, you can't read it. It's like hieroglyphics. Okay. But I type about 100 words a minute. Yeah, yeah, I type very, very fast without, I don't have to look at anything. Um, Wait, you got keyboard fingers that fast? That's I do. Like I do, man. I type fast, but I can't write. Oh. <laughs> I can't write. In fact, when I go to meetings, they go, uh, what is this? You're listening oh, to exciting premium content on KC. You're listening to exciting premium content on illiterate when it comes to I didn't get it when I was young. That's interesting because Stephen King, the great ho uh, horror horror novel writer, mm -hmm. wrote all those books, Christine, and, you know, Stephen King, that dude. He's dyslexic. Yeah. And so if he had to be required to uh, do a grammar check and be his own grammar police, we would never know him as the Stephen King we know him as today. But, yeah, when you do that voice to text, you called George Dragon, that's what you were using? I was using that back in the day, maybe about three, four years ago. I think they have uh, updated technology now. Okay, well, I go straight to Google Docs and... Yeah, of course, the voice doesn't capture your words exactly the way you put them out there because you got to be careful, man. You'll say some profane words and don't even realize it. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but because see, a cat like you who's mine races and yeah. types just as fast. So I'm, I'm maybe I'm just speaking for myself. So <laughs> I can't type that fast. I can do the most I've ever been able to do in a minute. I think was maybe 45 words a minute, and oh, okay. I thought I was fast. Now I'm hearing you. I'm like. I, I wasn't fast at all. But yeah. what helps me with this is that my reports are so dense and loaded with a lot of information, and it's all important. You know, we're trying to make these reports legally defensible, so we right. got to make sure that certain things are in there. And right. so you got to avoid the boilerplate stuff, but you got to also make sure that you have the essential details in there. So I've been, just in this past week, I've been doing voice text for my reports, my brother. Wow. And so now, not only does that save my, my, my flight of the bumblebee fingertips from wearing out and wearing down, because I actually had a fist removed from my left wrist years ago from doing too much typing. Okay. So that's going to preserve that. But it also helps me to get my ideas out with more clarity and more efficiency. So what I'm hoping will happen was that I'll be able to close the gap on some of the work that I'm catching up on. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty excited to make that discovery, man. That's what's up, man. That, I mean, that I, I'm just lazy, man. I, I get to write, man, and typing or typing, not uh -huh. writing. I would say okay. about 30 minutes, I'm done. I, after it's 30 hard. minutes, I didn't wrote five, five, four pages. So it's like, I'm tired. I don't want to do yeah. it no more. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I want to yeah. tell the audience that a lot of times why we talk like this in dialogue is to, it's kind of like mentorship when we, we want young men and just men period to listen to us and, and young women to understand the life of a psychologist and a mental health worker or a right. professional 
so that if you want to get into the field, understand that you're going to have to write, you're going to have to synthesize, you're going to have to conceptualize your thoughts and transfer right. that over to someone that's in front of you and tell them about their life. And that's why a lot of times you got to get your own life together and you have to be structured in your life and you got to know who you are and know what you are. And with that being said, the topic of the day, the black man, his consciousness, his family. You know, I uh, I want to get a little deep. We're going to throw some some guests on. But I tell you what, man, I'm, I'm really serious about this because I work in both South Central and San Bernardino. And when I go down the street and I go into the restaurants, I go play ball, there's a different calibers of men. This is what bothers me, okay? And this is a straight dialogue, man. This And people got to know on, um, they need to really know that's listening to us. There's nothing, none of this is scripted. We don't script nothing. This is straight improv. I don't right. come in with no script. I may come in with two two notes. This is off the top of the head. Everything. Right. Because Everything. it's real. That's why it's called real love, real talk, uncut. So uncut. if I if I don't know about it, I don't talk about it. I just right. don't. I'm not gonna do it. Now I may let you do it and I'll come in because I believe you wanna be real. And if I don't know mm-hmm. something, I will not say I know it. I'll I'll say on the air, I don't know. And I'll bring right. a guest that does know. With that being said, I go around, and I've been a lot of places, man, in the nation, man, from the from the south to the east to the Midwest, and I just see the same common denominator, man. We, as black men, we don't know who we are. And now, there are some pockets of brothers when I play ball. I still play ball. And they have, they have an idea. They're very strong. They have an idea. And one of the things that irritates me is I say to them, man, do you guys have a group that you mentor? And um, I would say about 90% say, man, I ain't got time for that. I got to work. Okay. I got to work. I got a family. I got this. I got that. I don't have time. And I said, well, how do you get the word out? I said, well, you know, I can't tell you that I do. I have my own circle. I have my family. I have, I work. And people, if they don't see it, they don't get it. Whereas I look at the other communities, they kind of have a non-crab effect. They help each other, they mentor each other, and they might not like each other, okay? But they make sure they get it. We have been plagued in this nation by a lot of things that have been planted in our communities, such as drugs, prostitution, lack of education, special education, lack of health services, HIV, STD, everything. You can you can imagine we have been plagued with. We look at our leaders sometimes, and when we get a good leader— they either get assassinated or they get discredited or they get caught up in the, the glamour and the fame and they just get caught up in a sex scandal. It's always something. I'm not saying everything because you have Maxine Waters. You, you got some people out there that are, that are looking for the community and saying, listen, we're not going to take this. With that being said, a lot of them are women. And, yeah. and I want to know, like, where, where, where are the men? Uh, where's the masculinity? Where where's the leadership? Where's the commanders? Where are the generals? What's your thought? Uh, they're in a lot of places. Uh, my thoughts, that is, and it's very very interesting how when you talk about our dialogue, and I, it didn't dawn on me until you just said it right then. It's that we don't have anybody that looks like us where we work. Right. 
Right. And so if we're looking for a good word, if we're looking for some camaraderie, if we're looking for sort of uh, a kindred spirit in the struggle, where do we turn? Right. And oftentimes, I got to wait till I text you or I got to wait till I call you on the phone. And of course, you know, both of us are in relationships, so we, we have that support system. But in terms of what do men have in terms of where do they lean? Our guest last week, she did a wonderful job, by the way, Miss mm. uh, Lariva Slade. Um, she asked us, when we're in pain, do we often have somewhere to go with that pain? Do we? Who, right. How do we process that? How do we get it out? How do we address that so that we can get those needs met? And, of course, we, we had a response for her, and I'm sure that we'll, we'll tap into some of those things this evening, but it's a really fair and legitimate question, and we struggle with that. We don't have those avenues, and when we look to those who are charged with the responsibility of providing the direction and setting the agenda, setting the terms, setting the tone, establishing the tone, um, it's very hard. When you talk about masculinity, I don't mean to keep uh, uh, going backwards to, to what I said earlier, but... One of the main reasons why James Brown was so successful was he was a, a, the consummate patriarch when it came to his band. And so he ruled with an iron fist. He ruled with such, um, such clarity. He had no question asked of him in terms of who was in charge and who was running the show. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't always loving. It wasn't always nurturing. But he, had, he held it down in such a way in which there was no questioning who was the man and the fact that he was a man to be reckoned with. And so I think there's something that has gone by the wayside when it comes to that. When you talk about masculinity and manhood, right? we need to address that tonight. Well, we're going to we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're going to uh, get some brothers on the, on the phone and see what they think about it. All right, cool. Okay, man. We'll be right back. Right on. Real love, real talk, uncut. Cut. you gonna do hey what's up we back fam and uh you listen to real love real talk on cut kcwg2.com yes sir yes sir you dare dj Rome. Uh, let me see if i can get 
Can you hear me okay? I can hear you good, man. I can hear you good. Hey, uh, I got my, I believe I got my boy on there, Phil Rochelle. Are you here with me? Is he on the line? Yeah, what's up? I'm hey. here. Hey, what's I up, got man? You back. Hey, what's, <laughs> what's up, Phil? Oh, you, man. You, 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 you never cease to amaze me, man, and I love it. <laughs> Why you say that? You funny, man. Hey, you know, Phil, me and I, and Phil, we go back. I had him on the show before. He, uh, man, we did some, a lot of things together, good things. We did some bad things, whatever. We played that ball. We hit that iron. And I would always call him my brother in blue because uh, when we was on them streets, man, we did it. And so uh, he had a pass out of pass. God wiped it away, made it strong, made us uh, the head, not the tail. Uh, Phil would always pray that prayer, but we are the head, not the tail. We would go lift weights and go play ball and run the whole court. You remember that? Absolutely, man. Just, uh, like, it was, like it was 10 minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, man. We talking about, uh, and this my boy DJ Ron, you remember? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Welcome mm-hmm. back, brother. Thank you. Hey, so we, uh, Phil, where, what happened, man, to the black man? Where, where's he at right now? Where, I know you're in Springfield, Illinois, and I know you're far away from L.A. You used to get down out here. Uh, we used to kind of run it in Oklahoma. Uh, we've been some places and seen some things. You know, where you at geographically? Where, where, where's the brothers doing, man? Where, where's the black man consciousness? Where, where is he at right now in his mind that you see? I see that, uh, and this is just speaking, you know, personally. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying where they got the wrong concept of competition. I think, I think they they competing for the wrong thing. Okay, what's that mean? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I really do think number one that they seeking Christ is no longer a priority. Okay. Like it used to be pretty much back in the day. Um, I'm pretty close to Chicago, and one day I was witness to a guy, you know, at the gym. I always like to see opportunities to witness, and he flat out told me, "Man, unless you're trying to put something on they on 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 they dope or they drink, they're not trying to hear it." Unless you're trying to help them succeed at what they're doing as far as hustling or whatever the case may be, they're they not trying to hear it, man. They're not trying to hear nothing about Christ or, or, or none of that. They're they, they competing for the streets. Hmm. Wow. And what is your... And then, okay, and then it seemed like, and then it seemed like on the flip side of that, the ones, the ones that are seeking Christ and do have Christ, they so scared to witness to them brothers that it's a, that it's, that it's a huge gap within the brothers. You got to realize something. You know, the whole, the whole meaning of being brothers is that the real meaning is that, look, man, you know, if the, the, number, the number one goal is to, to do right, to, do, to succeed and do right, you know, for your families and, and you know, for, for, for life itself. Now it's saying, like, if a brother's not doing right, forget about him. I got to go for mine, and, that, and, and that's it. So, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead, you know, a question, but right. it just seems like it's, it's bogus competition going on right now. Now, you would, you would, bogus. You would think that all the shootings out in the Missouri, out in Florida, out in L.A., that brothers would come together and go, man, wait a minute, we are not each other's enemy. You know, we, we, we're down on these streets. We're seeing police brutality. We're seeing everything. Why not? You know, you got the Crips. You got the Bloods. You got the Disciples. You got, you got all of these gangs. Why are they not coming together even though they see mainstream or they see the world not really for them? So if I know you're not for me, I know you're against me. 
Why are they not looking at it like that, in your opinion? Well, like I said, man, I'm going to break it to you the only way I know how to do it, and that's because if you if you, if you you listen to rap music, and keep in mind, you know, that was I was into that at one time. I wanted to be that guy. But if you listen to rap music now, man, all it, all they talk about, all they pushing is murder and drinking and selling drugs. So that's being played, man, like over and over and over. So my point is, is that a lot of the brothers still got that mentality. Okay. And and you know your your mentality is what guy is is what guides and drives you. So you know I think it's it's a it's a plan to keep the brothers apart, man, because brothers are some of the most powerful black men or some of the most powerful, educated, compassionate people on this earth. And it, it just go back to conquering and and divide, man. And the, and and the way to control people is through is through media. You're right. You're right. How do you mean? In what way? How's media involved in controlling the aspirations of these uh, young brothers? I think it's because if, unless you like Tommy or myself, I don't know your background, or I would include you. So unless unless you unless you have gangbang, unless you have sold drugs, unless you have murdered somebody or did something somebody, you not want to associate with those with 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 people that the media is showing the killers and 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 the violence that's going on in the hoods, as they say. So there's a huge gap. For an example, and I'm not, and I'm again, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong, but you know, there there's there there are some brothers, some black men that's afraid of black men. Yeah. Let me throw it in here right quick. Let me give let me give uh, DJ Rome a little example. I don't know if you remember Phil how we met. Do you remember how we met? Yeah, I think I was going. I think yeah, I remember how we met, man. And and, and it got kind of physical. You know what I'm saying? But I break it down. It, it, break it down. Huh? Break it down. Well, it was it was a situation where you know uh, I think we was at Oral Roberts University. I think, and and we were shooting hoops and this and that. Long story short, you know, you you was really, really, really aggressive, and like to the point, like I'm like, wow, I already know where this brother's from. So what I decided to do was instead of me going against that, I tried to trick you into linking up with me, and right. I think it worked. Right. Because at that particular time, I really wasn't on that, but it could have went there in a heartbeat. Right. But that's but that's my point. I was trying to make the average the average brother would have walked away from you. The average brother would have would have would have uh, would have been afraid of what you was of what you were bringing to the table. They wouldn't have had nothing to do with you. you Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. But you know what? I remember running down. Or Roberts has this long hill of steps, and I remember running down and catching you, looking at you, and said, "Man, you real? Let's pray." We prayed right there. Because you, right. me, you remember that we prayed, right? Here's my point: if you ain't got no 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 real brothers saying, "Man, I'm gonna take that blow. I'm gonna take that blow. I'm gonna take that blow." If 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 I got to go witness to this cat, and I take and he gonna check my chin and check my heart, then I just gotta deal with it. But see, you can't have no fear. You got young cats right now getting that money. They getting that women, but they got a lot of fear because there's a lot of right. cowards out there. You know why it's a lot of cowards? Because a lot of the men. There's two reasons. The men, the older men, are not serving God, and they're not serving the community. They don't even know how to talk to their mama. They don't know how to talk to their grandma. They don't even know how to talk to their fellow man. 
So when they run against cats like us that have no fear, like I had no fear. I ain't got nothing now, but I showed him that nothing then. And I was kind of reckless, angry, in pain. But I recognized a real cat. I recognized you was from the same spot. And I said, man, I need that fellowship. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's the... I, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I appreciated you. And we've been through some stuff together, man. You know, a lot of people don't understand, man. Uh, man, we... <laughs> I don't want to say on the air, man, we've been through some things, bro. Right. You know. Right. That tested our heart. And our, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is okay, well, you know, since we have it here, and I'm going to go too far, but I would say right. that the bullets went right through me. The bullets right went right through me. I stood with my brother. Right. I stood with my brother to the brink of death. And when a lot of cats say, man, I'm down with it, and I'll take that bullet, I think this brother know I took that bullet. Am I right, my brother? Oh, you're absolutely right, man. And see, so okay. I mean, that's just validation right there, as far as you know what kind of what kind of human being you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, again, man, um, God is using you, and and he and he's using me. And so, hopefully, you know what what you have and what I have, and and you know, will rub off on some of these other brothers, man. So give us a, before you I mean, get up. It, go, it go goes deeper than that. You know what I'm saying, but go ahead. Give, a, give us a, give us a, me and DJ, give us a, something to remember. Give me a, give me a quote from fear. Give, give me some, give me something that I will remember, the, the audience will remember about maybe when they look at black men. Uh, I know for me, before I let you go, every time I see a brother, man, I just give him that prayer. I do, man. I give them that prayer, man, and I'm 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 constantly praying, even when I pass them, even though they might not give me a nod or whatever. I'm like, God bless them, God cover them, God let them be strong, let them be warriors, let them be intelligent, let them raise a family, let them be good men. Right. What would you say is your thing? I think what I try to do, man, is off the top let them know that I'm not your enemy, but I ain't nothing to play with either. So if you want to get, you know, if you if 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 you want a helping hand, I can help you. I want to help you. But at the same time, I know the game, and I'm not going to waste my time. So, I, you know, and, you you know, as Christians, as brothers in the Lord, you know, we have to have wisdom, too. You know what I'm saying? We playing an evil game, bro. You feel me? Right, right. Yeah. So, but but the biggest thing I try to, I try to uh, put out there is, is, is that, I'm not your enemy, you know what I'm saying? And and you don't have to battle with me. I love you. I guess that's I guess my attitude when they see me is is is, is love. Because you could feel stress, you could feel tension in the air between the brothers when you see one or whatever the case may be. Right. So right. DJ. Okay, I, I got Bill, okay? Yes, sir. Before you go, I just, um how frustrated are you? I I feel the earnest in your voice and I see that you wanna really reach these cats that are really struggling to, to, to find somebody who will be willing to not be afraid and reach into where they are and try to meet them where they are. And you strike me as being one of those cats that's down to do that. How frustrating is it for you to be faced with the level of resistance or opposition that you're facing with getting through to these cats? What, what, what is it? Where are you with your optimism right now today? Man, that is, that is, that is an excellent question, man. And, because 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 I'm a nice ass guy, you know. Yeah. Um, sometimes when I do meet other brothers, it is that intimidation factor, and so there is a need for them to feel like they gotta buck up. And I think that frustrates. I'm I'm about five eleven thirty, 
benching, benching almost 400, you know, 18 inch. The whole nine, I've been there and done that. I know the lingo. So I know, the, I, you know, if I wanted to, I could get my point across just by walking in. Walk, I don't even have to say nothing. Right. 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 But so, but I'm not going to apologize for being healthy and in shape. That's right. But the thing about it is the frustration comes in when the fear factor, like going back to what Tommy was saying, the fear factor, because they're afraid of who they are, they feel like they got to put up a wall with me or even challenge me. Mm-hmm. And the more mm-hmm. I try to let them know, look, man, I'm not. And, okay, I'm going to break it down to you. Some people take your kindness for being weak once you get to that point. And so there's a whole nother frustration. But I just have to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm successful. I'm not losing no sleep over it. Right. And at at the same time, I know that I'm not going to reach everybody. So, in other words, there's a guy on my job, and it's so funny, man, that, that you would, you know, bring this up, because he's six foot four, 260 pounds, and he's afraid of me, see? And so and so he, he feels like he has to. So now you got a guy six four two sixty and a guy five eleven two thirty small, you know, and I'm and I'm just and I'm just turning it around to let him know, look, man, I'm serious. I'm not your enemy. I'm not trying to run game. I'm being nice because I love you in Christ. Mm-hmm. It's like try it's like it's like trying to lure a wild dog out of the woods. Misunderstood. You know, that, that that wild dog don't know whether to come get this meat or, or, or come out and attack you and bite you. Yep. Reason why so I asked it, you speak, I'm sorry for cutting you off. The reason why I asked you that was because last week, Russ said something to the sister that was on the show last week because she was asking him, where do brothers go if they need a good word from a fellow brother? And then if you have faced any level of trauma in your life, if you've had some adversity and you had a rocky road, <laughs> he, he's the kind of brother that, because of the way he's built, he says, hey, people look at you, they take one look at you, the size, and they say, hey, you better let that go. In other words, nobody cheers for Goliath. I think Shaquille O'Neal said that, or he may have been quoting uh, Will Chamberlain. I mean, nobody cheers for Goliath. Nobody feels sorry for the pain and angst and the frustration that Goliath might be going through. And Shaq down there at the post getting killed every night. But he didn't complain because he understood that that's just people's perception. They just don't really it is. It is what it is. I'm saying it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. And yeah. it's just like what you use the analogy with Shaq. Okay, I use the same analogy. Like I said, you know, I'm not losing no sleep over it, but it is a little frustrating because, and I told the brother, the, 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 the big brother on the job, because I finally got him to, to, to see where I'm coming from. I said, man, I'm just trying to get you on my side so me and you can go out and witness, so me and you could be the light at on the job. If they see me and you linking up, we could really make some noise. Absolutely. Yeah, we can. Absolutely. I think together we do that. Can you, um, we're about to take a break, but flip it back to Russ, but I, I appreciate talking to you tonight because that gives us a good idea for the, the, the struggles and things that we're facing as we talk about the topic tonight, and your insights are definitely going to be useful. So um, I want to thank you for giving us an opportunity to talk to you again. And, brother, it's always been a pleasure, man. You know, one love, man, always. All right, I love y'all, man. Y'all have fun. All right, brother, we're about to take a break. It's KCWGTheTruth.com. Real love, real talk on cut. We'll be back. Let's kick it. Yeah. Gabby, get em. Why we do it? Why we do it? I do it for the turn up.
tell them boys I never leave the crib alone. Cause I keep one in my car and I got two at home. They different kinds, but they do the same thing. Double S, double barrel. Yes, sir. I'm out here facing dragons. I ain't out my mind. Bang, bang. They coming from a soul, so it's bad that time. Bang, bang. Them lies, they trying to kill me if you don't believe me. You're listening to exciting premium content on KC. You're listening to exciting premium content on KCWGTheTruth.com. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, Listen to Real Love, Real Talk Uncut. Uncut. What's up, man? It's good? It's cool? Yeah, man. Oh, what's up? This hey, is, how you doing? This is uh, Sam Ford. What's going on, my brother, from New York? What's going on, Tom? <laughs> how you doing, man? Good, good, good. It's, it's my boy DJ Rome on the line also. Good, brother. How you doing, man? Okay, okay. Hey, how you doing, DJ? I'm good, man. Looking forward to talking to you. Hey, man. Uh, Sam, I had you on, man, because... Uh, Man, I knew you as a little shorty, man, up in middle school, man. <laughs> and, uh... Man, that's, that's, that's what's so crazy. I've been listening in, and you know, you just talking about just talking about the black man and how lost how lost we are, man. I mean, just like really, just I can speak for the the younger generation. I mean, I'm 35, but okay. just looking at the the younger generation under me is just so lost. Like you were saying, like there's no. There's no older, no older guys like you for me. Like you know what I mean. Like you was for me. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like you, I met Tom. I met Tommy. He was my uh, substitute teacher in middle school, <laughs> and and it, it was so crazy. He was my substitute teacher in middle school, and to for for that relationship to go from that to he was like he's been my mentor. I'm 35. I'm 35 yeah. now, and when I when I go through things, I call him. You know what I mean? I call my dad too, but. I can all I, I got somebody you know what I mean that I could call and confine to you know what I'm saying it's like the younger guys don't have that you know what I'm saying so it's right. like when I go to the gym now and we be playing ball you know what I mean I try to relate to those guys from the from the game you know what I mean okay you, we we both like basketball but you know what I mean I, I I don't live a little longer than you you know what I mean so it's like you know what I mean I feel like you to have a relationship with God you have to you had to go through some things right you know what I'm saying like. A lot of brothers do, you know what I mean? That's where, you know what I mean, you kind of veer to God because you're like, man, I don't know what else to do. You know what I'm saying? So I think just to just to have that brother to just be real, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Hey, hey, brother, you know what I mean? That was a good game, but uh, you go to church? You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have we don't have brothers doing that at the court. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, right. when, you, when you do that to a 20-year-old, 22, 23-year-old guy at the court, he's looking at you like, you talking about the real God? Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> Are you serious? Like I'm like, is he serious? Like, is he really looking at me like I'm crazy? You know what I mean? Oh, so it's just like you know, with uh, with, with Tommy. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, go ahead. With Tommy, he he been doing that for me ever since middle school. Like after class, he would ask me different things. I mean, would just blow my mind because it was like, for one, like you were saying earlier, like your job. But I mean, at that time. At the school, you didn't see no black people. You know what I mean? So when he came in as a substitute, I said, who is this brother? What is he doing here? I was like, Dude, uh, is, he, is he the janitor or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? But then when the brother went to the front of the class, I said, what in the world is this? You know, I, it was just a culture shock for me because it was like, you don't get to see us in high places. You know what I mean? So, and then even if we are in high places, even if we are in high places, you still don't you don't get to see that a brother like him where he took it further than just his job, he went above his job and, and built a relationship with this kid to try to better him as a man when he gets older. You know what I mean? Like he was he was he was pouring into me ever since middle school and I was just like I, I was it was just everything was just going over my head because I was just like I ain't never had nobody come at me like this. Even though I had both my parents there, my dad never was coming at me like the way Tommy was coming at me. You know what I mean? So it was just like, now and as an adult, I can remember so many different things. Tommy came at me, you know, just coming on, you know, from the basketball court. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, took, I, took, I, took, I took some of that. I took some of that, and I tried to pour into younger people like Tommy did me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, that's, that's why we're so, that's why there's so many brothers lost, because you didn't have nobody old, at that point older than you to pour into you, to give you any type of knowledge. You know what I mean? So it's like, how are you supposed to know anything if all you know is drugs and, you know what I mean, that the, your cousin is so dope, so what are you going to do? You gonna you, you want to be like him because he got the fancy cars and, and, the, and, the, and the rims you're and the gold on. So it's like, okay, he's on he, 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 what he do? That's selling drugs. So what do you end up being? A drug dealer. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can't, you can't say you want to be a millionaire. You can't say you want to be a millionaire and you're hanging with the dope boys on the corner. You know what I mean? You got you to gotta get around successful people, you know what I mean, to be successful. You know what I mean? And, 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 try, and try to learn how, how, they getting, how, they get, how they got where they are. You know what I mean? And so that's what I got from, from 
Tommy, man. And, uh, and you know, and I, I just, I greatly appreciate it because, like, now that I got my own family, there was so many things that was going over my head at the time when he was, you know, pouring into me. But it was like, it was so many times, like, as I was getting older, I would call him and I'm like, hey, you remember when you told me when I was 18? I got it now. <laughs> like, <laughs> at that time, I was like 20 grand, you know what I mean? So it was like, you know, it, it took some years for me to get it, but I, I heard his voice. You know what I mean? I heard what he was saying at the time when I was going through whatever I was going through. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's what Tommy was talking about when I was 18. So this is what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? So, like, it was plenty of times when I had different things happen in my life. Tommy helped me out, and he wouldn't even, you know what I mean? He wasn't nowhere near me. You know what I mean? So it was just like, man, that was so, I was so, I was so grateful to just, like, man, it was to, to have that relationship. That, that's beautiful. I got a question for you, though, okay? Mm-hmm. Would it surprise you, or to what degree would you be surprised that people are still surprised to see us on the campuses today? I was also a substitute teacher, but I, I'm a psychologist now, and it would blow your mind that I could run into one of ours, one of our own, a black person, and they will run down the list and ask me what I do here. And I, I, I dress the part. You know, I dress in slacks. My shirt is tucked. Mm-hmm. And hmm they're still surprised that I am what I am. And so my question, though, mm-hmm. is when you talk about the basketball court, you know, I, I grew up uh, around that. My stepfather used to take me to the gym with him on Saturday mornings, and I was never mm-hmm. the athlete that so I ever got into basketball the way he did. I was more into baseball. But what is it about the camaraderie that's formed at the basketball court that sort of engenders that, that mutual camaraderie of respect to where it creates that pathway for communication and the potential for a relationship like what you have with Russ and you. What is it about the basketball court that forms that? I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, just the basketball court. It could be anything that you have in, in, in common with someone. You know what I mean? And then you just develop that you just develop that relationship that you you know what I mean like you know I, you know it, it just so happens to be the basketball court. But like you know I play I play football too, and so you yeah. know as I got older you know I, I play you know like they have like flag uh, flag leagues or whatever, and so I have done well, the same thing playing football. Yeah, that's a point. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah, it's something about sports, though, right? There's something about sports that creates definitely. a natural it's definitely. A gateway definitely. to communication where we, oh, we don't talk about anything. We're not comfortable talking about our feelings and our struggles, but we'll talk about something that happened on the court or out on the field, and we'll talk about the game, talk about how the Knicks oh, are doing, or how the, and that creates a gateway to some more deeper and more meaningful. But, but, you, a, but you know what, though? I got to step in a little bit. I, I think for me and Sam, and for a lot of black dudes, I think it's that street game. I think it's that street swag. I, I think it's that dress code. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think it's that. You relate to him. Right. It's that lingo. It's that lingo. That's what made me comfortable with him. That's what made me comfortable with him because he was like, he was an older guy, but he had swag. You know what I mean? So it was like, I feel comfortable talking to him and telling him things that I wouldn't normally tell another teacher because. For one, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable with the other teacher. You know what I mean? So, but I don't. Now that I've seen my my substitute teacher at the YMCA, and I mean, this guy got game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, what is really going on? First of all, he's a teacher, and he right. can <laughs> like this is this is just too much. I just never seen this before. So it was just a culture shock for me to actually, you know, for what he was just teaching me. Now I go to the, where I go every day after school. I go to the YMCA. And now this guy is up here playing with the young guys, and he's killing them. So I'm like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? You know what I mean? So, and so then when he set me down and started talking to me, 
and it was just right. start blowing my mind. I'm like, I don't know what to think, what to say, half the stuff. Right. I really didn't even know what he was talking about, but I felt right. something inside of me was like, I can, I can be comfortable with him. I can open up to him, I felt like. I don't know, it's something inside of me was telling me I could do that. You know what I mean? Well, I just never felt like that with anybody else. Right, so what was the distinction between Russ and your father? Because it sounds like your father's been there, but it sounds like the love of... Oh, yeah, of, uh, now, me and my father, now, me and my father is really, really close. We really, we're really, really close. The, the difference is, the difference is my father, he, he was, he's a smart guy, but he always tried to, he always tried to go by the street code. He was, everything was underhanded with him. Everything was trying to get that quick dollar. You understand what I'm saying? So, even though Russ was from the hood, but he, he knew that he had to take... He had to take the long road, you know what I mean, to be successful, longevity, you know what I mean, to, to continue to be successful, you know what I mean. So even though my father has always been there, like me and my father is really, really close, and we, we just, we, I mean, he like my brother, but, you know, it was like a lot of the things that I had went through when I was in school, which I never, I never really held it against him, but it was like, he didn't know the, he didn't know when to draw the fine line from my father and being my friend. You know what I mean? So it was like a lot of decisions that I made when it got to high school for me in my career. And I called my dad and was like, man, you know what? These people are getting on my nerves that I'm just going to quit. You know, and he, he tells me, well, you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? So it was like, I have kids of my own now. I couldn't imagine me telling my 50-year-old son, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, go ahead and just jump on. Don't, or six, I was 16. Uh, my 16-year-old son, go ahead and jump on in your car and come on home. We'll, we'll figure it out. What? You know what I mean? So, you know, it's just like when I when I when I started developing this relationship with Russ, the difference was, you know what I mean, like he could be down to earth with me, but he could give me some educational knowledge that I felt like my father just I mean, I don't know if he could, but he just never he never had. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that was the difference between him and my father, you know what I mean? Beautiful. And I could tell you've incorporated the best of them to the degree that you could you took the best from both of them and made it into your own and you, you're doing your thing yeah right now, and man. that's and that's what i try to teach them that's what i try to teach them so it's like you know when when i talk to kids when i talk to kids from the inner city i hate when i hear oh well i'm from the hood so I, this is what i gotta do no i don't know that that's cowardly bro like i'm from the hood too you know what i mean right and it's, so it's, it's all about choices it's all about choices bro you can either you either can you know decide to do what they doing or you can decide right. to do what they're doing over here on the right. That's your choice. So don't say just because you're from the hood, you got to be hood. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I hate when I hear young people say that, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, yo, I'm from the hood, too. You don't you're listening to exciting premium content on KCWG, you're listening to exciting premium content on KCWG, the truth from. Like that same kid right there, me and him is the same kid. You know what I'm saying? I don't right. carry myself the way he carries himself. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when I go home, my boy be like, yo, how they treating you? Well, when I was in Missouri, I'm like, oh, man, it's a small town. You don't even, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'll come shut it down. All you got to do is one call. I, you know what I mean? I'm like, no, it ain't. It's nothing like that. Like, he's like, man, what you doing out there? I'm like, don't take care of people with disabilities. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just living a regular average old life. But it's like, if I took somebody from my hood and see, like, you know what I mean? Like, this dude's a drug dealer. He's a killer. You know what I'm saying? Like, this was my childhood friend. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like me and this kid is the same person. So it's like I don't, I would never judge him. But like if I took some people, you know, who I'm bumping elbows with now, and like this is my childhood friend Hendel, I would do the world for this kid, right? This guy right here, and they'd be looking at me like, "You guys were friends?" <laughs> you know what I mean? So, hey, we, this is like, you know, that's what I, that's what I got from, from Tommy. That's beautiful, man. I, and that's a beautiful life 
I've got to land the plane and take a break right now, but I wanted to thank you for joining us tonight, sharing some of these insights with you and talking about your your, your coming up with Russ. And um, it's been a pleasure, for man. For sure, for sure, like you're on the right path. Hey, and I might try to – I'm going to play that gut smacker next year and hit you up, man. We'll meet somewhere in the midtown. Yeah. And so we can throw them hoops up. Yeah, man. let's do it. All right, let's man. We're we gonna take a look. for sure, for sure. A one love, man, and uh, we're gonna come back. You look at some of the real love, real talk uncut. Let's hit that hit. Okay, and we got a, yes, sir, yes, sir. All right. Talk to you guys later. Love, man. What's up, family? We back. DJ Rome, you with me, man? Are you with me? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, man, that's my boy, man. He got excited. You know, uh, he's uh, he got a lot of energy, especially on the court. He's one of those guys, man, that uh, honestly, had he understood who he was back then, he would have been in the he would have been in the league. And when I tell mm-hmm. you, he's that good. He was that good. And so yeah. uh, he's a guy you want to take on the court and win you down. He 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 gonna carry you. He's straight gonna carry you. I had oh, I, right. we got like two more guests, man. But I tell you what, I think I may uh, continue this next week because there's a lot of brothers that's on the line that really want to stop and and and, and say some things. I got a cat out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We grew up together, and I got uh, I got a partner, uh, actually, which is a uh, uh, an apostle that really wants to say something out in Texas, out in Dallas. And so they really have some insight on what we're talking about. It's Black History Month and where we are as black men. I really, what you think, man? What's going on in your mind? I would love to hear from them, especially in different regions of the country. I know they have some insights that are going to be unique to their um, their locale. And so uh, maybe Good Brother Starks can give us the extended remix tonight. Give us a couple extra minutes. What are the chances we can bring them on? If not, we're going to have to do a part two. Uh yeah, we maybe have to do a part two. Um, so we didn't deal with we didn't deal with a cat from New York. Did a homeboy in Illinois, in Chi Town from Chicago. We're gonna hit Oklahoma up. We're gonna hit Dallas up. And uh, yeah, and uh, you know we from the cut. And uh, you know I live my part in my life in Tulsa also. So we right. we, we got some. Uh, and then um, we got some brothers that got some experiences. All the brothers I that I hung with. I don't want to say this to to my boy Phil. Man, I love that dude, man, and that's why we had got to some some situations, man, where we both could have lost our life. See, it's like this, yeah. man. When you when you go into the hood, killers no killers, cons no cons. And so when you get into the blood of God, I said the blood of God, and you cover your brothers, man, uh, the light knows the light. The light understands redemption. So it's like uh, there is no there is no past. There's only the future. There's only forgiveness, and there's that new that new life, man. We're not perfect. But we strive for perfection. Nope. So, uh, yeah, man, you know, I've been through some things. I know you've been through some things. We've seen some things. And then we right. we got some upcoming guests, man. Uh, I got some cats that are from, uh, well, Def Jam and uh, used to be the co-executive. I'm going to try to get them on the show. I got a, I got some folks that I know, man, that really have some insight on how to look at life. I don't have mm-hmm. all the answers, but I got some cats that know some answers, too. And so well, it's that ocean. You know, yeah. you got a little bit, I got a little bit, and it's all good. And one of Absolutely. the common threads that I have tonight is everywhere you look, every region that we heard from tonight, yeah. the, the stories are similar in the sense that it's 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 a challenge to find 
people on that pathway that can kind of light the way for us, especially if we're looking for that person and another brother. It's it's a challenge and it's a struggle. And so when it does show up in your life, you don't know how to take it. Right. You don't know how to re- respond. And it's such uh, seems like a flash in the pan that you don't really know how to compose yourself because we don't step to each other in that way. And when we do, it's not often received with um, a level of um, receptivity. And so it's a struggle. Yeah. But I'm glad to hear that uh, the second guest, your, your good brother Sam, was able to take the best of what you had to offer him, including his father. Although it wasn't a uh, perfect dynamic, he was able to take some of that and pour it back into his own life. And it sounds like he's given it to his own kids now. And Absolutely. so I think it's each one teach one. And I, I appreciate your good brother Phil as well, because he, he's all about that each one teach one. And he's really trying. He's out there grinding, trying to make it happen. And so I, I give my kudos to him as well. And I say the struggle continues. Well, I, we got about 10 seconds left, and I want to say to all the young ladies out there that's listening, especially the single parent women that have had some hard times, grab the tape. Uh, we're going to do a part two next week. And okay. give the tape to a young man that may need to listen to this radio station and listen to some cats that been there, done that. And so until next time, we, man, we gonna, we going to call it a wrap. And uh, okay. it's, it's been good, man. So we're going to do this next week, man. Let's uh, keep on the grind. And uh, we are healers. That's what I believe. We are both healers, and we're trying to beget hey. healers. You feel me? I feel you. Real Love, Real Talk on the Facebook page, y'all. Hit us up. Real Love, Real Talk Uncut on the Facebook page. Hey, love the family. Y'all be good. We'll see you back next week. Peace. One love. You just listened to an exclusive KCWGTheTruth.com program on our subscription premium content channel. Thank you again for your support of KCWGTheTruth.com, the best internet radio on the planet.